Skull Rock Podcast is brought to you by the generosity of the following companies. Sure, sound extraordinary. To podcasters, recording musicians, and streamers who are looking for studio quality audio at home or on the road, the Sure MV7 Podcast Kit is a premium all-in-one solution inspired by the legendary Shure SM7B and is designed to address the versatility required by modern creators. For more on the Shure MV7 Podcast Kit, visit Shure.com, S-H-U-R-E.com, or click the link in our show notes. Shure, sound extraordinary. And by The Old Mill Press, publishing beautifully crafted books that illuminate our world. To learn more, visit TheOldMillPress.com. And by listeners like you. I'm Roger Allers, co-director of The Lion King, and you're listening to The Skull Rock Podcast. Skull Rock Podcast, talking all things Disney, with your hosts, L. John Goh and Dave Bossert. Welcome yet again to another episode of Skull Rock Podcast, the show about all things Disney and pop culture. Where every week we take you behind the scenes of some of your favorite Disney films, theme park attractions, performances, books, music, as well as what's streaming, what's playing in theaters, and what's going on in the universe of entertainment. Hello, howdy, how are you? I'm Al John Go, musician, longtime Disney Marvel, Star Wars, and pop culture fan. You can email me, Aljon, A-L-J-O-N, at SkullRockPodcast.com. And I'm Dave Bossard, artist, filmmaker, author, and welcome to the Skull Rock Podcast. If you love Disney and pop culture, please subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. You can also like and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. You can also email me at Dave at SkullRockPodcast.com. Al John, uh, I'm going on vacation. That's all I can say. When this show drops, I'm on vacation. You're okay? packing up the family truckster and you're going. You're just no, leaving town. I'm not even taking the family. I'm going by myself. What? I mean, this is my this is my annual trip up to Maine by myself. It's where I get a lot of things done. I, I ruminate on the past year. <laughs> okay. I think about the coming year. I set myself some goals. Uh okay. and uh I I do it all in a very secluded part of Maine, nice. uh, but I'll be having my fair share of lobster. I'll tell you that. Oh, that's awesome, man. Uh, so or as they say, lobster, lobster. So, you know, it's okay. Everybody needs to go on a little retreat uh, every, every now and again in order to clear the head and to make sure that they're ready to tackle the year that's ahead of them. And, uh, and you got a lot of books coming out, Dave. I mean, this is going to be another banner year for you. It's going to be a very busy year. I have to say the calendar is already filling up for the fall. But aside from that, Al John, we've got a not, we, we've got a, a great guest who's coming back for a second time. Yeah. Bruce Lenoyle. And we're going to be talking with Bruce all about Muppet Mayhem. That's on Disney Plus, because, you know, I'm a, I'm an uber Muppet fan and I just absolutely love the Muppet Mayhem show. There has not been another show that I can think of that is like for me just a just a just an automatic hit out of the gate, especially with these beloved characters. I mean, you don't know we don't know a lot about the Electric Mayhem band, and we're getting to know them even more. And Bruce is an integral part of that production, and I can't wait to delve deep and go behind the scenes of one of my favorite new shows on Disney Plus. Same here. Same here. And I I will tell you, I've gotten some nice comments from people uh, about our show, uh, including from, uh, you know, legendary Imagineer Joe Lance Cicero, uh, who has told us uh, that uh, he just loves the show and he loves our banter. How do you like that, Al John? He likes our banter on the show, and I I like it, and I I, hopefully a lot of other listeners like it. We have a good time. I love it. I like it. Or I like it. I love it. I want some more of it. Right? That's the song. But uh, but hey, thanks, Joe. I mean, we're big fans of yours too, and we look forward to having you back on the show. And yes, you know, this show and recording this show is literally a a highlight of my week. And I really enjoy just talking to you, Dave. And and if you know our our fans, our listeners are, are along for the ride as a fly on the wall, that's awesome. And that's what we strive to do. We just we just want to have fun. 
Well, you know something? I feel the same way, Al John. We're like the bros in the know. Yeah, I don't know. know. I don't know about me being in the know. You're in the know. I'm just <laughs> no, no, I'm just no. recording. The two of us, we're having a ball doing this. And that, <laughs> and that and you know what? That's a big part of doing a show like this yeah. is is having a good time doing it. Yeah. And, you know, and when we get those comments back from from our listeners and from friends and you know, uh, past guests telling us how much they're enjoying the show, it really it, it really means a lot to us, I think. Yeah. Uh, because that's what we're doing it for. Yeah. We're, we're, we're doing this. This is a labor of love for us. Absolutely. You know, we don't do this in front of a live studio audience, even though we have one in the can. Right. There but, uh, but it is nice to get that feedback because, you know, um, we, we really, really appreciate it. It makes the job uh, worthwhile and, um, and getting that is awesome. So thank you so much for those comments. Uh, and uh, we look forward to doing the show every week and, and having Bruce on the show like this week. That's right. Right. It's going to be a great show. Um, I I think that uh, we're skipping picks of the week because we've been too busy, haven't we? <laughs> we've been. I mean, yeah, have certainly. you watched anything? No, not really. <laughs> I've, been, I've been busy. And, you know, like I said uh, last week, you know, we're just continuing on the birthday weeks. You know, my son uh, turns three and my daughter turns four within a, a, a good week and a half from each other. So we're just in birthday mode. Uh, That's awesome. Yeah. So it's great. And, you know? and by the way, I saw the picture of your son you put up on your Facebook page. Yeah. He, he, he had a big smile on his face. He, he looked like an angel. Oh, well, that's great. But as a parent, we all know. We all know there's two sides to that coin. Right? 100%. He is a little devil, you know. But my, 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 my friends are all like, you know, he's growing up so big. And it's like, yes, he really is Jack-Jack. He zips from one place to the other, just like in the Pixar movie, The Incredibles. And it's hard to catch him because he's so quick. But, uh, yeah, so happy birthday, little Jack-Jack. And, uh, you know, I love being your dad. So there you go. It's captured on film now or, or tape or digital or whatever you want to call it now. Let's sit back and relax and listen to the dulcet tones of one of the great puppeteers, the Muppeteers, Bruce Lenoil for Muppets Mayhem right here on Skull Rock Podcast. Let's do it. Skull Rock Podcast. Interview time. Well, Al John, here we are once again. We have another fantastic guest, and he's a repeat guest for us. What? We have we have Bruce Lenoyle, and uh, our listeners may remember we had Bruce on last year talking uh, to us about his career in voiceover. He does the voice of Timon and a bunch of other characters. But today we've got Bruce back just to talk about his forty year career as a Muppeteer what? with Jim Henson's Muppets. <laughs> Bruce, Bruce, welcome back to the Skull Rock Podcast. Oh, no, good to repeat. And sometimes it's not good to repeat, but this time it's good. It is. It is so good to have you back. And our studio audience loves you. Um, I I wanted to have you back because over the last, I don't know, two, three weeks, Al John and I have during our picks of the week segment talked about the things we've been watching. And I have watched the first season of Muppet Mayhem. Yeah, I, I still have. I, I I will tell you, I have one more episode to watch, the final episode. But I have to tell you, I love Muppet Mayhem. I love the show. I oh, raved so about it on our podcast, and I really reached out to you because I said we got to have Bruce back because I want to talk about the Muppets. I am so proud of the guys and the gals and just all the people in the, in the Muppet Studio for for doing a show you know, from the heart, from the, the, the closer to the flame of Jim um, and closer to the, the truth of their relationships and the relationship of this incredible band that's been around for over 50 years. And that's just absolutely incredible that uh, this, this franchise and, and has another platform and has another way of reaching the audience. Uh, and it's such a great group to hang out with. And, uh, and the show is an absolute joy. And, and when you talk about the band, we're talking about Dr. Teeth and the yes. Electric Mayhem Bands. That's right. Uh, and uh, I, I, I just absolutely love Animal. Animal's one of my favorite members of the band, although I just love the whole band, period, yeah. because each of the characters has such a distinct personality. Absolutely. Absolutely. They're so well drawn. And then and they come from, the, you know, the time and place. Uh, and the design, you know, of 50 years ago. And you can yeah. see how they hold up their, their classic characters that, uh, 
haven't gotten as much uh, airtime and treatment. Uh, and, and now that, uh, you know, they're going deeper into into the ensemble of, of, of the Muppets, they're finding so many golden moments and golden characters that uh, are having their day now. So it's it's a uh, it's a great renaissance. And we're hoping for a second season. Yeah, I, 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 I got my fingers crossed because I really hope so. And I, you know, obviously with the writer strike and with yeah. a potential SAG strike happening, um, hopefully once all that's uh, settled and, and everybody's back to work, uh, I hope that Disney will announce a second season of Muppet Mayhem because it's such a great show. And it's not just the Muppets, it's the it's the live actors the, yes. Not only not only the recurring cast, but all of the uh, cameos in every episode. There's just these fantastic oh. cameos. Now, before we get to that, yes, I really want to start with really how did this show come about? Like, you know, they say they're going to do a Muppet Mayhem show, right? They start calling all the puppeteers in. How does it work? Like, what what is the the first meeting you went to? Is it a table read? Well, um, what it, goes on at my at my level? I get called in at the end when the show is casting up and and they're and they're crewing up and and especially as I'm, I'm a right hand, I'm a, an additional performer for the group because right. it's the Beatles. They're they're you know there's six guys basically who do it all. And uh-huh. they don't need a lot of help, but uh, with with a hand puppet, you do need to have a right hand because you use traditionally, if you're left or right, if you're right-handed, you have your hand up in the air, and then you have one hand left to man up, man up uh, um, um, a live hand or a, a rod. And so, therefore, that leaves another appendage, which is usually the right hand, where you need some help to do all the movements, especially when you're playing instruments, if you can imagine. And and the guys are so pristine and so um, uh, just respectful because they're all musicians anyway. So it really is important. They get the tracks, they get the you know all all of the the music, and they work on it. Every single note is played correctly, and so that takes a lot of effort and takes a lot of uh, muscle memory. And if you've worked with the characters before, um, it gets it gets to the point quicker. Because yeah. when they did the live shows, when they went to the, the Hollywood Bowl, which I was a part of in the O2, that was live performance. You just get one take. But when you got to you get to film it, it's going to be forever. They really are pristine in, in, in making the music accurate, beautiful. And that's why they put out an album, because this band has never put out a full album in all the years they've been uh, a, a part of the scene. And though, though they're a puppet band, They've influenced so many other people, and that's why there's such a list of people who came on the show. They have memories uh, uh, in their lives and as children as, as seeing this band and saying, hey, maybe I can do that as a kid. Yeah. So the bridge is there, and therefore this was kind of a no-brainer. It was really Bill Beretta's um, um, genesis and idea. He really wanted to, to, to give the band its day, to find its backstory, and, and just to take the band on tour. And his image of, of the band is this first season was to set it up. The second season was to do a national tour and then go international on third season. And that's, uh, that's fingers awesome. crossed that he gets his wish. Yeah, I, I really hope so. I mean, I, I, I don't know how well it's done. I can only imagine it's doing really well on Disney plus because it's such a fun show. Um, you know, when you go in to uh, is this filmed at the Jim Henson studios? No, no, this is a, it's a Satikoi Studios. It's the, um, the Chandler Studios where they did um, The Office. So there's only two sound stages. It's in the middle of the valley. It's like Van Nuys. Oh, know? okay. The first day I got there, the, the homeless population was surrounding the entire studio. Wow. It was, it was a really sobering thing because, yeah. you know, we're just coming out of COVID. It was still under COVID um, protocols. And so we were being real careful. but. It's just the humanity and doing the show and everybody still wore masks. We were in different sections, as you know, and make sure, you know, and, and throughout the entire filming, I think one person got infected, but did not affect anybody else. That's yeah. how good the, the protocol um, um, workers are. And they were they were just so amazing with us and, and kept us healthy. 
so when you're in the sound stage, you know, uh, a lot of it takes place in the recording studio uh, or it takes place in the uh, the record executive's office. When you're in those locations, those are built in the sound stage, but it's not just a regular set that's built. Those are sets that are built. How high off the ground are they built? Well, yeah, they're on platforms. So, you know, when you have a human standing there and then you, you're standing yourself and you're at full height, the, the Muppet is, is scaled to where the, he, the Muppet would be standing on the ground. The right. character would be standing. So, so therefore, um, everybody, you have to film it a certain way, and then the platforms are built, and then regular st- uh, sets are built four feet above the platform. So they start on the platform and go up from there. Wow. Yeah. And, and it gets even crazier because half of the show, unbelievably, this was like a major motion picture every week. They were on location two or three days every week. I'll give you the list of places that we went, which has been absolutely amazing. Um, a lot of them were here in Santa Clarita. Uh, it worked out really well that way. And they were all over the place. But when you go into the world, you've got to lay down and, and flat and hide. So it makes your puppeteering a lot harder. So, you know, if you're flat on your back, it's really hard to be singing and dancing and doing stuff. Yeah. But that's what happened during the movies. We were all over locations uh, in, in L.A. And, and that's what happened here. We went all over the place. And I don't know how this amazing crew got all this work done. It, it was just phenomenal. Let me ask you, when when uh, Dr. Teeth is driving the Volkswagen van, you know, the the band van, uh, yeah. right? Like, how, how are they doing that? Is that also um, on a platform, on a, uh, a trailer well, uh, being, being because driven? Of te- because of the technology and the VR screens, they had a, a, a VR tunnel, basically. So you had, you, had, you know, it was basically um, just about 180 all around them. You know, uh, so it was like a curved screen. So wherever the camera went, you 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 got real time driving, and so yeah. there was the VW bus in in this soundstage, and all the drive most of the driving took place right there, and everybody stuffed in, you know, just like a sardine can, and and got all those <laughs> shots done. But there are times that they went out to to of course you know link the shots, and the B camera was taking the van out. You couldn't see through the windows or you saw maybe one character. So seamlessly, everything was put together beautifully. Yeah, no, I, I've been very, very impressed with the production value uh, um, of, oh, of the uh, yeah. uh, of the show. Uh, but as far as your role goes, you're an additional uh, player, an additional mm-hmm. Muppeteer. And did you have any specific time with any one character or did you really help out and work on all the characters? I, I helped out where I was needed. You know, um, the 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 whole the whole thing Genesis uh, in Outside Lands. I think it was about I don't know how many years ago now. Just the time just melts away. I know, but doesn't I, it? Yeah, it's crazy. So it's ten or fifteen years, and they were they were they were going to do a live show in San Francisco in the park, and right. they didn't have a set built. So they spent I don't know about a million dollars on this incredible set. So it, you know, wheeled it out there. And, and so they, they were an act like on the third day. And I, I, I wasn't asked to do this and it broke my heart, but um, I understand there was like 25,000 or 30,000 people who showed up for this live show and they pulled it off. And this was really hard because, you know, your hand is up in the air. And when you say cut instantly puppeteers drop their hands to rest because you can do, you would do a lot of takes because you want to get it right. It takes a long time, especially with music and all the uh, intricacies of the show. So they had to do this live. So they built like kind of like a um, couple of braces where they can rest you know, yeah. between songs, but they had to do it straight through. But it was such a smash. It was such an amazing uh, moment for the band and for this to feel the audience in that way. That was the beginning of Bill's idea to say, I, there's a show that we must do. You know, because, you know, it's been Piggy and Kermit and and cast and that's been the Muppets. But it somehow just needed some something else. There were other stories to tell. And these were characters that the original guys love to do. They're probably closer to them in their personality than than some of the other main characters, you know. And so they're they're sort of characters where the guys get to be musical and to, to relax and not worry so much about you know, doing the gym and the, the Frank versions of the character. So it opened up this, this, this possibility of, you know, exploring and playing 
that was the original energy that that the Muppets had, you yeah. know, and, and, you know, we try so hard to be PC, we try so hard, you know, not to get canceled, all of these things where people chime in on this franchise. But here, this was this was just a fertile ground that hasn't been opened with no expectation. And Bill, you know, found the co-creators, uh, you know, with uh, with Adam Goldberg and Jeff Yorkis, and they they genesis this new show. And they really said to Bill, we really want you to take the lead. We really want the guys to be a big part of this. Because a lot of the history and a lot of the shows previously were other people's ideas of the mm-hmm. Muppets and, and, and revisionist history. And the guys really pride themselves on the history of what Jim and Frank and, and, and they all created. And this is what they wanted to bring to the screen and then take it to the next level. And, and I think they succeeded. Oh, I, I, I believe they have. Can you explain who Bill is? Bill Beretta? Yeah. <laughs> Bill Beretta is. Give is, a little uh, background because a lot of our, some of our listeners might not know who he is. Oh, my God. If you don't know Bill, I mean, Bill is uh, he's uh, he's Pepe the prawn, the king prawn. Uh, you know, he's Boba the bear uh, and, and Jim's characters. He's he's uh, Dr. Teeth. Uh, he's also. um <laughs> I'm blanking, but Bill is, is one of the most talented puppeteers and most driven uh, human beings to keep the band together, literally yeah. keep the band together. He just keeps creating and he's he, he's just relentless in, in doing what what what, what, what is just keeping the friends working and, and and everybody doing what they love to do. He started in Earl Sinclair. He was inside the suit. That was his, his first major job with, with and that's and that's where I met him because I was Charlene Sinclair. I was doing the animatronic head, but he was inside the suit. You know? Okay. And 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 I must have taken years off his life. So he has to hurry up and do more shows. <laughs> now now did he start he started when Jim Henson was still alive, right? He didn't meet Jim, but he met Brian at um I think it was um the 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 theme park for Sesame Street. Uh, in okay. the East Coast, yeah. Okay. And they were, uh, you know, I don't know, cleaning toilets, but they were they were doing some menial jobs together, and they became f- real fast friends, and they've been lifetime friends ever since. They're the two of them are amazing together, creating. Yeah. And so, you know, when the Muppets were, um, it, it's still with the Henson organization. It was Bill who created these new characters for Muppets Tonight, and we it just re-energized the entire group. And this was still when, uh, you know, the, that. Jerry was with us and uh, um, Frank, I worked with Frank. I was right-handing for him, you know, uh, at Muppets Tonight before I went to do Dr. Seuss. So, I mean, it was, it was, it was a real Renaissance time and and Bill's energy really, I think just, you know, gave us the energy to arc to where we are now. If it wasn't for Bill, you know, I don't know where the franchise would have been, but that's, that's how precious and how talented and then how big hearted that man is. Well, you know, the the one thing that struck me is that this is such a refreshing uh, show from the standpoint. It doesn't have Kermit. It doesn't have Miss Piggy. It doesn't have some of the standard characters that, you yeah. know, you remember from the Muppet show, the various iterations and all and the movies and stuff. It, it, it's much fresher from the standpoint that it is focusing on this band which has been around and you're aware of them and you know, animal and you know, Dr. Teeth, but you never really got the whole backstory of each of the characters, which I think they did a beautiful job doing in all the episodes of season one. I mean, it was really great to see those uh, or, you know, to really understand and hear the backstories of these characters. Yeah, they're, they're, they're fantastic looking characters, first of all. They're beautiful. And they have so much woven history. And they know, you know, all these stories. And, and I really think that the, the, the writing group and the production team really fleshed out all of the, uh, the possibilities. They, they just started scratching the surface, uh, you know, giving us, giving us the roots of, of, of how, they're, how they're bonded together and, 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 and how, how they are family. And it really kind of really explains more of the entire Muppets as a whole, because that is the family of it all. It's, it's yeah. it is a glue. And the band itself, well, I think, is, is like it's like the, the foundation of the Muppets, yeah. 
in general, especially starting with the Muppet show. I mean, you know, they played on and off and it's like, I guess it's, it's like the tonight show. If, if you saw the story about doc Severinsen and the band, you know, uh, you, you know, you got more of that with, uh, I guess with Saturday night live, you know, and we, you know, band leaders and their stories, you know, so interesting. And, um, and the music is beautiful. So. Yeah. And, uh, I, I also thought, uh, you know, what was really interesting about the show was, was some of the talent that they got in. Uh, and, and I'm curious if you have any insights into like when they approach people like, uh, um, you, you know, uh, I mean, just name one of the stars, you know, um, uh, you know, God himself. Right. Uh, uh, there we go. We had Morgan Freeman. We Morgan had Freeman. Thank you. That's who. It, yeah, yeah. Morgan Freeman. Jim- I mean, uh, Peter Peter Jackson. I was there that day. I mean, yeah. What when they approach these people, uh, is it an automatic yes? I'll do it because it's the Muppets. Is it pretty much that? It's hard. And then during COVID, it was even harder because it yeah. was still scheduling was a nightmare. Yeah. And the 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 biggest plum they were going for, and they almost got him, was Paul McCartney. And they, the the script was written for him, and we were going to have him, and um. It just it just missed. It was a timing thing and it was it was just heartbreaking. That that was such a great episode because there was this anticipation. I know. I had the anticipation. Like it is Paul McCartney hours gonna, or days. Is, is he gonna just, show up? Is uh, he gonna show up? I kept thinking he was gonna show up by the end of the episode, and then the phone rings and you get a shot of the the, the uh, iPhone and and it says Paul McCartney and and and, and the Muppet hits the hits the you know, the kill switch. <laughs> it's so sad. We even had a rooftop concert as in one of the episodes, which people can watch. And it's just, it was just, just, you know, the tribute was there and the love was yeah. there and everybody wanted to come. I mean, the yeah. list just goes on and on. Uh, I was there, I was there uh, at Kisho, our, 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 you know, local restaurant here in the Valley. Yeah. Uh, James Hong was there. I mean, we, I got to thank James Hong for his service. Yes. It's so, it's so strange how show business is so much. We use war metaphors. But it takes that much energy and it takes that much attack and that much. Everybody has to be on their A game in order to make things like this. It looks yeah. like the easiest thing in the world, especially puppeteering, because yeah. everybody thinks that, oh, I can talk with my hand. It's almost like being lazy. But there's so much uh, there's so much technical aspects and, and time and effort that it takes to get to a level to, to make it look easy, like most things in life, you know, yeah. we take for granted. But um Every time you out is new. Every new location has its own challenges. It was some nights it was freezing. It got down to like almost, you know, 25 degrees. Yeah. And I'm out there shivering and I'm, I'm holding up a, a rod uh, that's holding up the saxophone for Zoot. And, and yeah. Dave Goals is inside and he's saying, you know, put it in my mouth, shove it in. And I'm, I'm just <laughs> shivering. I'm just trying to get the thing up there because I'm just, I'm, I'm out, in, you know, we're, we're in Valencia for God's sakes here. And then we're yeah. freezing our butts off in the, at two in the morning. So there were nights like that. It, it's a 24 hour process in order to create this kind of content. But sure. Gosh, darn it. I mean, it's the most exciting type of type of thing to do with your life creatively. It's physical, I- it's mental, and it's just totally immersive. I wanted to ask you, do you know how Adam Goldberg got involved? I was actually kind of surprised to see his name uh, as, you know, one of the producers, executive producers of the show. And uh, for our listeners, Adam Goldberg uh, produces The Goldbergs. Yeah. uh, Which is a long running uh, hit TV show, uh, which is sort of autobiographical (laughs) of him. Uh, And uh, and so I was kind of I I was a bit surprised, but I was also thrilled, you know. um, I I mean, again, that's above my pay there, but. I think that they came up with an idea that was similar and they were uh, in the um, in the process of pitching, I guess, Disney Plus or the Muppet Studio with an idea about the band. It turns out that um, uh, Jeff, one of the co-creators, was, uh, I think, an intern on uh, Dr. Seuss in New York. So he's been around puppets and and, uh, both Adam and him are huge Muppet fans. I mean, and when you say Dr. Seuss, fans. when you say Dr. Seuss, are you talking about the Dr. Seuss uh, Broadway no, show? No, the Wubby no. World of Dr. Seuss, the TV show we shot. Oh, the TV show. Okay, TV gotcha. Show. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So 
So, you know, that that's their roots were they would have loved to work with the Muppets sooner. Yeah. And so since it was a similar idea and Bill had this idea and it was just it was the idea's time had come. You right. know? So it was like a no brainer. There were some other uh shows that that Disney was 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 thinking of. I don't know if it was with Josh Gad or or uh, it was a couple of other, you know, other ideas that were again coming from the past. And yeah. I they wanted to do something fresh because pounding on the same characters was um I don't know. It, it became a roulette wheel of uh, will the audience like it or not? And when you're tr- trying to do things for other people more than you do them for yourself, and you yeah. know this as a writer and you're not a creator, they're just you've got you've got to do the truth. You've got to pull it back and do do the stuff that you know is organic and has has a life of itself. You're not trying to modernize something that is precious and has great memories for a certain group of people. And then trying to, you know, pretend you're not the age you are, which is a lot of things that people, you know, just think I can just, I can just pretend I know what I'm yeah. doing on Twitter or I can, you know, get a TikTok account and be, you know, continue on with, there's different ways that we communicate. And so there are, are also things that are just perennial and they have, have a certain life and love that are worth opening up again. So these characters were like little gift boxes that were waiting to happen. And finally, because of, I think, the streaming services and the situation, these guys got together and then it just took off. And when when they shoot the show, were they doing an episode a week or is it an episode every week and a half? Or how, how long was it taking to do one episode? Well, you have to keep it cost effective. So there was a lot of jumping around because when you were in a certain set, uh, that can't be uh, recreated or you're going to a, a location, you've got to get pieces of this and that. So keeping that, uh, you know, uh, juggling was amazing the way they did all that, you know, yeah. uh, and, and I, I got to You got to give credit where credit is due to, you know, the production team. They actually were just just amazing and 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 keeping things organized. There were some days where, you know, you did parts of three shows. So because of the scheduling, especially when, you know, especially when we were close to, you know, trying to get, you know, Sir Paul McCartney, uh, things were shot in, 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 in preparation or just in case. And you only had so much time. So it was chock full and it was uh, you never know what you were going to be doing. The guys had to stay on top of it all. Uh, but it was just whatever was needed and was cut. And then when they saw something, what was needed because of that. So there was there was a certain amount of of play, but it put a lot of pressure on the set designers and the, and the, uh, everybody, as far as trying to keep prepped, that was the hardest thing. I think. And also I think the, I think our listeners need to realize it's not just a a regular sitcom because you've got the whole live action crew, but then you have this entire separate puppet crew that are all integrated working together and, yeah. and each has their own uh, nuanced way. You know, the, you, you, your camera angles can only be a certain oh. way with the, with, with the, with the puppets and, 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 you know, the actors yes. have to be jammed into situations so that the puppets can be with them. And oh yeah. All well, that. Our, our, our DP Craig Keith has worked with the Muppets countless projects. And so he knows the shorthand and he knows how to do that. Um, you know, uh, our, our set design, Bodie Hyman, who, who does uh, all of the key grip, getting all the construction right and platforms for the humans. I mean, flying out platforms here and there. And, and, and the sets were very small, the basement, uh, yeah. everything was very intimate and very dark and very, um, uh, you know, just small. So yeah. it was really, it was a lot of people in a small space. And so everybody's wearing masks and, and, you know, it was, it was pretty tense. Um, But um, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a incredible do-si-do. Sometimes the actors are just standing on, on, you know, the tiniest of platforms and they were making sure it's super safe and everything, but everybody has to know exactly where they are. Everything is, is choreographed to a T because it is tight corners and it's levels and it's uh, specifically designed for just puppets. Yeah. And you really have to be careful walking around. Very careful. <laughs> you just don't walk careful. on that set. Yeah. Hilly, you know, willy nilly. Uh, not at I all. I know. Uh, you know, I, Al John uh, works for Gibson Guitars and oh, is wow. a musician, an accomplished musician himself. And I know he loves this show. 
Don't you, Al John? Oh, I love the show. In fact, I love the Muppets so much growing up. I actually had a friend of mine commission a piece of my wife and I as Muppets. Oh, wow. Uh, That's brilliant. I that see we that. Love. Fantastic. Uh, yeah, there's a piece behind me. Uh, and, you're a super uh, fan. But uh, yeah, super fan. I mean, I grew up loving Star Wars and the Muppets and, uh, of course, you know, Sesame yeah. Street and the Electric Company and all those great shows. And it's great because... A, it's a it's a it's a fun it's a farce as always you know as Muppets do of the music industry and I sit back and laugh at the the jokes about the record label and about you know contracts and residuals and I just sit there and laugh because you know as funny as it is the truth hurts <laughs> you know oh, yeah. you know um, but it is yes. it's great because the Electric Mayhem band are the unsung heroes of the Muppets they have always been the backbone as you said uh being the band and the background of the muppet show and it's great to finally see them kind of get their own kind of uh show and their origin story and i'm a huge fan of janice uh i've always been a for sure kind of person for sure uh she's she's so such a joy to be and what a beautiful puppet that is you know they're all they're all great but you know and they they're if you it's one of those things if you know you know and i think if you're of a certain generation or a certain age you look at those muppets and you go i know exactly the time and era and i am all about it so it's funny how those things kind of come back around again yeah. Yeah. You see, you, you had it ingrained in you. And so yeah. this is what I think struck people and especially the creators. And this was yep. embedded in them. They understood, you know, the layers and layers and layers of, of artistic expression from, from these characters that Jim, I mean, there's over a hundred characters when you see them all together. I think I spoke of this before. It's just phenomenal to see how much work and then how much work was going to be made before Jim's untimely death. There was so yeah. much more, so many universes, to be created and characters to be created for the universe to tell those stories. But the band itself, and I got to do a shout out to Ed Mitchell. Ed Mitchell has been doing the music for the Muppets for gosh, it must be 30, 40 years as well. Um, And, and he's, he, he always has to do miracles. He has to do things and has to deliver before he even starts sometimes. And it's, it's maddening, but, but he's such a master and knows the Muppets and knows the, the vocal talents of the group and finds the best musicians and the best He's, he's, he's just a, an incredible composer and one of the nicest guys in the world. And, and that's the truth of most of the people who stay with the Muppets. There, there's these human beings that have full lives and, and have, you know, so much to, 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 to give to their families and friends as well as, as artists. So when they come together, it's, it's just like, you know, a giant jam session. Yeah. It's a big and, band. And exactly. It's, it's, it's a big it band. is. It's a, and because it, you know it's a small band in in size, but when you just say this person has you know uh, has an assistant, and this person has a person who built the puppet, and this person and this person and this person, suddenly when you have a, mu- a, a puppet character, I mean the puppet character could become with five to ten people that had a right. hand in it, that they're taking care of it, that are watching for uh, continuity and and the truth, and you just have so many godparents of the Muppets, you know, and we all become that. We all become, you know, caring about the family and doing it right. Doing it right is so important to them. I was, I, I was going to ask you a question about the, the puppets themselves, because mm-hmm. when you're filming, they get a lot of abuse, right? Oh, and yeah. and when I'm watching the show, I'm sitting there looking and they they all look pristine, but you know as well as I do that during production it's rough and tumble, and and there some of those puppets they they get damaged or parts of them wear out, right? Can you talk oh, a little bit about that? Yes, yeah, I mean you know so many puppets have gone to dust in my career. I mean I've been around for so long, you know, um, they're you know they're just felt and foam and. Uh, uh, when you're when you're working a puppet and the sweat and the and the world itself, yeah, you've got to have you've got to have many iterations of the puppet. So, yeah. um, you know, Puppet Heap in New Jersey is where the the puppets are, are built these days, and so they're they're there. Um, they make sure we have enough animals. Once what's, we it, what's it called? Wait a second. What's it called? Puppet Heap. Puppet Heap. Yeah. And, and is that part of the Henson Studios? Uh. 
Or is yeah, it? A- it's it's a, it's it's a separate puppet group that that uh, that is contracted to do the Muppet work. But so, that's, so they they make the puppets. Yeah, at that he, facility. Peter McKinnon is uh, one of the one of the lead guys there, and he was on set all the time. One of one of the greatest guys in the world. And yeah, the care and and, and feeding of the of the Muppets. And I think we talked briefly off camera about like Miss Piggy. Um, you know, Miss Piggy's neck gets worn out because 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 it's a it's a head that's put put into the body. And then if she has her her, her pearls, a pearl line, but because of the rubbing and and and, and the actions, uh, once it gets worn out, it gets shiny and it doesn't look very attractive. So that has to be taken away, and that head is done. So when Piggy's on on a show, there's there's many heads in the backup. Now, what happens inside of a puppet? That's that's the rub because it's like it's like a, a high end race car, you know? It's Everything has to be feel just right. And the guys yeah. are super sensitive. So not every puppet's built exactly alike. It may look the same on the outside, but how it feels inside, you get kind of favorites once in a while. Because when a puppet feels really good, you can fly. Because you're not thinking about the physicality or, you know, you're not, you're not taking off your game because something's not right. It's yeah. maybe like a bowler. Because if that bowling ball doesn't feel right, popping out of your, your thumb, you're not going to be able to do the things that you do naturally so there's always tweaking there's always this is something wrong and this and that so all these things have to be right in order for the work to be done it's 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 like an actor totally focused physically fit and ready to work you have to you have to have the puppet in the same place everything has to be finely tuned yeah and then the magic can happen but the magic is very delicate and then sometimes you only get one or two takes to get the magic so you have to be ready and uh this is the, the greatness of the performers and then, uh, and what they can do. You know, one of the things I thought that was pretty amazing watching the show is that I could hardly, and there might've been once or twice where I caught a rod attached to a hand. They, yeah. they did an amazing job. I think of, um, uh, of just making it so believable. Cause you know, when you do see the rod on the hands, it does kind of take you a little bit out of it. Do you, where, think, do you feel that way? There's, there's I, I, I think, thought about that. I, I think sometimes you, it makes you subconsciously and consciously believe, oh, okay, yeah, there's a person there. Whereas when I don't see them, these guys just become characters. They're real to me. You they're know, real in front of me. You see well, that, they, I think they're real with the rods anyway. Yeah, I think there's yeah. been a change. Uh, we There's been um, hide the rods and then just show the rods. I think this show was don't worry about it, but because of the skill level and then maybe some shots where you really needed, you know, when the, yeah. the character's full body or something, you don't yeah. want to see anything. So we were in green screen a lot. We were in green screen. Okay. So when they're on the stage, you know, I was laying at the feet of, of Floyd and I was just tapping his toe. And I had, I had to lay on the stage in full view of, of, of the camera and the audience in green and just, you know, be, be fully stretched out to just tap the foot in time and yeah. it sounds kind of easy, but you're, you're not comfortable and you're just trying to create the, the, you know, the illusion and the illusion is there. Yes. You know, every little thing matters. So yeah, yeah mostly when, 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 when there are money shots and you want to just not be, you know, looking at anything else, but the emotional intent of that moment, the puppets are there and they always come to them. So it's gotten easier, of course, with the special, special effects, and you can take out those rods pretty easily. I think. I wanted to ask you about Doctor Teeth because there's a there's a quirky little thing that happens with him uh, that accents some of his dialogue, and that's his glasses kind of <laughs> popping up a little bit. And is that being that's a, tr- done, a trigger mechanism? Yeah, a little trigger inside that the puppeteer is actually making yeah, it happen. Bill, Bill had, right. yeah, it's, 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 you know, he doesn't have eyebrows. So it right. kind of acts his eyebrows and, or, or uh, expression of, uh, of surprise. Yeah. So yeah. And you got to use that sparingly when you're in there, you know, right. Uh, because it, it can get very, very loud and chattery with the eyes going like that. Cause I, 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 focus. I took, I took note of it because it was used sparingly, but when it was used, it was accenting a word or a line of dialogue or at the yeah. end of a line of dialogue, when he turns or something, there's this, this little motion of his eyeglasses popping up. That's a reaction to something. 
that's the, that's the difference with the Muppets and a lot of other puppet shows, you know, the, the less is more. There's, there's yes. moments of silence. There's, there's just a, you know, a, an eye pop or, or a thing where you're saying the right thing with what you have to work with. And it's so amazing how expressive the puppet can be, even though it's a, it's not a human face, right? It can do so many things in, in the hands of a skilled puppeteer. Yeah. And, 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 I, and I'm mentioning it because I took note of it and, and I loved it. You know, it, it made me a few times just laugh out loud yeah. as I was watching it. You know what I mean? And uh, and that's that's the beauty of a show like Muppet Mayhem to me is that you become so engrossed in what's going on on screen that after a while, it, it just was like, these are real characters with the live actors, you of know? Course. Yes, and, exactly. And, and, and I kind of, I kind of laugh a little bit because, you know, we used to joke in animation, you know, that, that, you know, somebody would say, Oh, you can't you just knock that scene out, right? Just, just animate that real quick. And, mm. and, and it's, it's sort of like, you mean, should we just open the closet, bring the characters out and film them? You know what I mean? You wish. Yeah, you know what I mean? So yes, exactly. Uh, and that's the beauty of puppets. Once you get all the costs done and you get everything there on set, you can do those magic moments. And you can find those things and go, I thought of something else or the director sees something. We had uh, Matt Sohn directing a lot of these things. So it was a, it was a feeling. And, and, and you, you get to do the, the little things that make movies great or TV shows great. You get to go to the next level of, of, of emotions. Yes. You can say, okay, don't be so obvious. You know, puppets don't have to be and are really not obvious. Um, you think it's just, you know, the old Punch and Judy type of thing where, you know, bigger is better or it's all maybe, um, you know, I don't want to say Sesame Street because they do beautiful work. No, but so but it's not just slapstick, you know. No, it's not exactly. One, it's not one puppet with a sword smacking the other puppet right. on the it's head. It's not burlesque and it's yeah. not vaudevillian and it's not yeah. cl- great clownery. Also, could be subtle, but that's what it is. It's 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 the breathing in between. It's 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 the silences, especially in in this show. You know, when they cut to the characters as as a reaction to a human saying something with all their angst. And there's a stillness and a, you know, it just, it just floors you. There, there are moments that stop the show because they took the time to have these reaction shots where the puppets hear, land and react. Yeah. They don't need to do a lot as, as human beings don't need to do a lot, you know, great characters and great comedians with their faces have, have told more stories. And those are the ones we fall in love with. And that's what happens in this show. Absolutely. Uh, what What's your view of the future for puppetry? I mean, puppetry has been uh, around for for centuries. Uh, they still do shadow puppet performances in Southeast Asia. There's the the Wayang Golak puppet theaters that travel Indonesia and and actually com- you know communicate government information out during shows. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, but but I mean, what what's your assessment of puppetry in general? Well, despite your conspiracy theories about puppets, uh, which I don't know if you should get political, uh, I don't. I don't think it's no, no, no. I'm not, I, I only mentioned. I only, agenda, no, no, no. I I mentioned the Wayangolik puppets because there there's a lot of yeah, in in Indonesia there there is these uh, puppet troops yeah. uh, and they do like three hour performances in villages. And, you know, there's a lot of illiteracy in some parts of Indonesia. And this is a way to get not propaganda, but but really like safety messaging from the government out to villages. Absolutely. You no. know, and, it's, and it's so the most ancient way. Yeah. So, you know, there there is, you know, puppets are part of various cultures around the world in storytelling. Well, it's exploding. I mean, if 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 you go to Broadway, any shows, if you have a house, uh, um, uh, was it pie? Um, 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 the the puppeteering that's happening on stage is incredible. I remember yeah. going to going to see King Kong. I, yeah. I, I, I I I I did it on a whim. I didn't really know what I was getting myself into. But when that giant puppet came on stage, and guys were repelling, you know, from a, like a, three stories up from the head. 
down to the floor of the stage in ninja costumes in the dark during the performance just to make the hand, the finger curl up and touch the actress, you know, when she's reaching out to him. It was the most incredible thing I've ever seen. Um, you know, Lion King, let's go to Timon yeah. and Pumbaa. Yeah, Lion King's a perfect Lion example King of, blew, of puppetry. Yeah, It, it blew, blew the socks off of what we can do and what actors can do. Avenue Q, it, it, it beat Wicked out for the uh, the Tony that year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, how do you Fun, think? Funny as hell, honestly. Oh I have to tell you when, you, when you hear these puppets uh, with their, you know, really coarse language, uh on stage it's you just bust out laughing it was the perfect satire and all of those people i worked with in the webulous world and uh, stephanie diabruzzo is is um um the mom character for uh for bill's character you know so it uh she's in the show so she got to do a part so i mean we all have the community weaves together and and we we keep coming together with our life experiences to to create more and more puppet shows and and the world is full of them and um it's it's not going to stop anytime soon it actually is is even a a stronger bridge to tell stories and now with special effects and vr screens uh practical puppets are back in in in, you know in star wars world they're doing amazing stuff grogu is a beautiful character i mean it's just it's 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 you just want to see more of it because it's so beautifully and gently done yeah, all of us can can relate to it. It's almost like seeing a puppy. You 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 just melt, and you're there, and whatever it does, it can do no wrong. And so, as long as the puppeteers are are locked in to to the craft that they're doing, the puppet is beautifully taken care of, well lit. There's limitless possibilities of story and character. Yeah, uh, that don't always have to use animation. It, it really is. It's just a tool. Jim never really set out to just be a puppeteer and make puppets glorified. It was what he used to tell his stories and to, to do what he wanted to do in this industry. You know, it, 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 and sometimes he was in Kerman. I think I may have told you this and he would finish a, a scene and he just dropped the puppet and everybody would go absolutely berserk because you, you know, it just, it was to him. It was just, you know, the way to get the story told it wasn't as precious. Yeah. And then, and that's mind blowing to me because if you, if you drop a puppet, you know, you want to walk away from your career. <laughs> you just never do that. And plus the artistry it takes to create these characters and all the man hours and women hours and people hours. It's just so much work and it's so beautifully done. And so the respect we have for each other to, to, to uplift the entire thing is, is something that is, is spilling over to all storytelling now. Yeah. And, and so many people are doing smaller things online. There's so many local puppet groups. There's storytelling at, at, at uh, you know, uh, at libraries and, and at schools. It, it, I, I think this is something that, that is such a, a natural thing uh, to express emotion that it, it, it's never going to go away. And I think it's going to grow and grow, to be yeah. honest. Well, I got to tell you, Bruce, it's been a, a real joy having you back on the Skull Rock podcast. And my fingers are crossed that they're going to do a season two of Muppet Mayhem because they have to. And they have to do a season three because they've got the stories to tell. Um, and uh, and quite frankly, they've they've told them beautifully so far in in season one. I I was just blown away and I'm a huge fan. I love the show. I want to see them continue it. They can't just do 10 episodes. I know, you know, it's, it's a big business and you can't control all those things. And another thing that we're all hoping for, maybe things have changed with the music industry. Perhaps there could be another Muppet show. We had so many stars, so many people from the music industry on our show. I mean, you know, uh, it just went on and on. You know, we had Keisha, uh, Ziggy Marley, um, uh, it just uh, Ryan Seacrest, Kevin Smith, Danny Trejo, Weird Al was on the show, Zed, he was amazing. All of these incredible music artists, you know, that, that, that can use a Muppet show to, to expand who they are. And what fans would love to see 
their favorite, favorite sports. Absolutely. I mean, Cheech and Chong were on it. Cheech and Chong. I, I had a trailer next to them and I, and I, and I kept missing them. I mean, <laughs> you know what though? Know. There, there's, there's something I have to say. There's a, a lot of musicians in my age group know that you've made it when you've done one of two things. You were either on the Muppet show or on Sesame street. Yeah. To be honest, that's when yeah, you know, I mean, you've really made it because then you've gone commercial, then you've hit the masses. And I think uh, people still view that today. And I think even being asked to be part of the mayhem show is a testament to them knowing well, how you're, important it is. You because you're if you're on that show, you because you're you're part of pop culture. You're part of pop culture because that's what it's all Absolutely. about. Those those celebrity cameos are always part of it, and it it's got to be an honor for them uh, to be on the show as much as it is a, a pleasure for you guys to to host oh, them because it it is a badge. I you know I that's what I'll remember for the rest of my life. In fact, when I met my wife. And, and our band was on track, you know, for whatever we were getting popular. I said, you know, it, it's my lifelong dream to be on those shows. Oh, wow. uh, and even though it didn't ever happen, you know, I still think it's, you know, you've made it. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 You're absolutely right. It, it's been around so long. It's like a benchmark. It's a, it's the honor. It's the mountain. And uh, yeah, I hope it keeps going. I, I, I see no reason why it shouldn't keep going, you know, and I hope, I hope they see that too. And I hope uh, whatever metric is is measuring, they understand that this is you know the people want it you know, and I and I, I hope we get to keep doing what we do until we can't keep our hands up in the air anymore. <laughs> well, Bruce, I know Al, John, and I are looking forward to having you back after we watch season two All on right. Disney Plus <laughs> to talk more and unpack some of that season. So thank you very much for being on the Skull Rock Podcast again. Pleasure, always a pleasure. A repeat, baby. Your attention, please. (laughs) Now loading on track number one for a trip around Walt Disney's Magic Kingdom. Skull Rock Podcast. All aboard. Your main street to the world of Disney. I tell you, Dave, Bruce is just infectious. He gets in. He he has a blast. He's uh, just such a, a really great personality. And you can tell he loves what he does. He absolutely does. And, and you know, something he, he was one of the, one of the real favorite voice talents for me to work with over the years, because he's such an enthusiastic guy. We always had a lot of laughs in the recording studio and uh, I just love the guy. I mean, I just think he, he, he's an amazing talent. You know, he's a versatile, he's a voice artist. He's an actor. He's a puppeteer, uh, just a terrific all around human being. A renaissance, a renaissance man. I mean, he he's such an entertainer, and I would love to have heard the outtakes of your sessions for the Safety Smart videos with him because <laughs> I guarantee you they'd be one hundred percent gold. So uh, they they were they were a lot of fun. I, I I will tell you that, my friend. I love it. So hey, you want more of Bruce? Feel free to check out the show archives. We would appreciate it because he's been on the show before. And uh, we'd love to have, and I'm sure we're going to have him back on the show to talk more about the Muppets and his uh, his creative endeavors, if you will. But once again, thank you so much. If you love the show like we do, please consider giving us a subscribe. Hit that uh, that bell for notifications there on our Spotify whenever we, we post new podcasts. We also have got our social medias as well. You can follow us and also click those bells for notifications and push notifications when we release new podcasts there. Facebook, Twitter, uh, Dave and I are both on LinkedIn as well as uh, Twitter. So we're on all those platforms. And once again, leave us those five-star reviews. Every little bit helps us with the algorithm, 100%. And send us those emails. We'd love to hear your feedback on the show and maybe get some show topic ideas as we have in the past. Dave or Aljon at SkullRockPodcast.com. And a quick shout-out to my other podcast, Dining at Disney, where we also talk about the Disney Cruise Line and the Epcot International Food and Wine Festival that I'll be sampling here in just a week or so. So uh, enjoy those shows. Dave, got the final word? Well, 
Al John, I'm going to tell you, and I'm going to tell our listeners, I'm going up to Maine. Uh, so uh, if you want to see some fun pictures that I'll be posting, check out my Facebook page. Uh, I'll, I'm going to try and put something up every day. I'm going to be doing some uh, lino cuts, uh, some printmaking while I'm up there. And so I'll share some pictures on my social media channels. And with that, I want you all to go out, have a fantastic week. Actually, have a fantastic couple weeks because I'm not going to be here. Uh, And we will see you uh, again next Monday right here on the Skull Rock Podcast. I'm Al John Goh, co-host of the Disney List Podcast as heard on Sorcerer Radio, as well as Skull Rock Podcast here with my wife, Kristen. Hello. Hello. You are an earmarked agent who books Disney travel vacations for people all the time give our listeners a reason why they want to give you a call instead of just booking a trip by themselves well i can do all of the legwork for them i have expertise i've been to the disney parks well over a hundred times so they've got that knowledge at their hand as well as it saves them time and money where can people get in touch with you so that they can book their next disney cruise Disney Park Trip, Adventures by Disney. They can contact me at theme parks and cruises at gmail.com. Become a supporter of Skull Rock Podcast with small monthly donations to help sustain future episodes for just 99 cents a month. You can do that just like Lindsay and Joshua. Thank you so much for your support of our show. Be sure to click our link to support the show at skullrockpodcast.com forward slash support.